0: Welcome to the True North podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. This morning we just just want to point to Jesus, just want to show you Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Like I said if you have a Bible, we'll be in Hebrews chapter 1 <clears throat> verses 1 through 3. If not, we'll put it on the screen. But this morning we're going to be in the we're going to look at it in the Passion Translation and then look at it in the Mirror Study Bible. And I, we have the Mirror Study Bible available as well. But Lord, thank you so much Jesus for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Lord, we don't move away from you, God, but we move with you, Lord. I thank you revealed to us, Lord. Show us, show us the Father, Lord, as you show us yourself. And show us who we show us who we are, Lord. Show, show us who we ought to be, God. Show us how we can how we can be it, Lord. By beholding you, Lord. By by gazing upon you, Lord. Help us to fix our eyes upon you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, Lord. Everybody said, "Amen, Amen." amen. The author of Hebrews, <clears throat> in chapter one, verse one, in the Passion translation, he says throughout our history. God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son, the appointed heir of everything, for through him God created the panorama of all things and all time. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature. His mirror image, he holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took his seat on the highest throne of the right hand of the majestic one. If you don't mind going back up to verse one in the Passion Translation. Yes, ma'am. You're doing great. Doing great. The author says, throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his many prophets. So what the author is saying, he's talking about the Old Testament, where he's saying that in the Old Testament, we see everything that we read in the Old Testament is by God speaking to the different prophets. You know, the first five books of the Bible, God speaking, uh, God giving interpretation and inspiration to Moses, and he wrote the first five books of the Bible, God speaking to the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Joel and so many others. And, you know, this author says that, you know, he, God spoke to us through the prophets in many different ways, in many different ways. Not only did uh, that, that phrase in many different ways, not only does it, you know, just talk about literal, you know, words, letters and, and vowels and consonants, but when it's talking about many different ways, it's also talking about through the lives of the prophets and through the lives of the people that we see in the Old Testament. Through the lives of the people in the Old Testament, we can see Jesus. Amen. If you, I encourage you. Whenever you read the Bible, go into it thinking of this. Okay, what about this? Where's Jesus at in this story? You know, a couple of weeks ago when we was talking about Daniel, we talked. You know, towards the end of that, we 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 went over how Daniel points the picture or paints the picture of Jesus. How Daniel literally paints the the picture of Jesus. How he portrays the picture of Jesus. So when the author says that. <clears throat> God spoke in many different ways. He also spoke through their lives. You know, in the Greek, in, in the Greek, verse 1 literally says, God spoke in different times in different parts. That is, he reveals one piece and then another, like pieces of a puzzle, with one piece com- complementing the other. In the Aramaic, it, it can be translated as this. God spoke to our ancestors by all methods. Some might say all. all. By all methods and at any price or in every way, shape, and form. That is by sample and by example. God reveals his progressively building on previous understandings, leading us into Jesus' fulfillness. So I love this because literally verse 1, the revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. So you can, you can literally look at the lives of the different people of the Old Testament and see Jesus. We talked about a few weeks ago how when we look at the life of Daniel, we see Jesus. You know, just to give an example, if you take Samson, you know, Samson. Unfortunately, as a kid, you know, loved Samson, but always would get sad towards the end, you know, because he messed up and 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 revealed his secret. And you know, it's so easy for us to put Samson in the you know shoulda, coulda, woulda's, but you know, he you know he just couldn't make it. But even in Samson's life, we all know his mistakes. But even in Samson's life, still, we can see Jesus in that. For example, Samson was uh, Samson's birth was announced by his or was announced to his mother by an angel, just like Jesus. You know, Samson, he was born miraculously to an infertile mother, just like Jesus was born to a virgin mother. Samson's mission was to save Israel from the Philistines, just like Jesus' mission was to save the world from their sins. Even Samson was a Nazarite because of specific vows he took, while Jesus was a Nazarene because he lived in Nazareth. I didn't even think about that. But Samson was blessed by God and moved by the Holy Spirit, similar to Jesus. You know, so there's, there's similarities. But even, even in this, I'd, I'd read this earlier. But imagine Samson, you know, we all understand that, you know, towards the end, you know, if it, yeah, I remember Sunday school seeing the video and even looking in the picture books, you know, but you got Samson, literally he's standing between the two pillars, you know, because at this point of his life, he has is, he is surrendered, surrendered his gifting and, pr- and his purpose. He has surrendered his calling, which is to defend the nation of Israel. He surrendered it for a good time. He surrendered it for a good time, and he's captured and he's lost his strength. He's lost his sight. And the Bible, if you ever read it, but the Bible talks about how his hair began to grow again, and the strength was coming back to him, and he can sense it. And, you know, uh, and at this festival of all the enemies, of all the enemies of God's people, Samson literally prays and he says, Lord, just give me just just let me have one more. Give me one more chance to defeat. And, you know, the spoiler alert, the Bible says that he defeated he defeated more more of the enemies in that day than he ever did in his whole entire life. But I loved it because I never thought about it as a kid. But I remember seeing the the film where, you know, he gets up and he gets between the two pillars. And you know what he does? Because we're talking about how Samson mirrors Jesus. Now, the verse says that God reveals himself, and uh, he spoke to us through the prophets in many different ways. I'm going to say this again. He spoke through the letters, through the words that you read, but also he spoke through their lives that they lived. So, so we talked about how Jesus or Samson compares to Jesus. He looks like Jesus. But in this moment, he really looked like Jesus. Lindsay, how, how did he look like Jesus? Because he was defeated, and Jesus is not defeated. No, Jesus is not defeated. But Samson, when he gets up, if you've ever seen the film, he gets up and, and they, they, they bring him and he says, can you, can you just lean me against the, against the foundation of where everybody's at? Oh, snap, I feel it. Can you lean me against the fa- So they put him in between two pillars. He's in the middle. I don't know about you, but there's somebody else that had to stand in the middle of, our, of us and God and say, hey, let me, let me bridge the gap. Let me, let me, let me reassure the foundation. And not only did he stand in the gap between us, did he stand and he bridged the distance between us and God, but he stood, Jesus was literally in the middle between two thieves. So Samson, literally, he's in the middle of these two pillars, and you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that he stretches his arms wide. Who else do we know? Stretches his arms wide. Wide, wide, wide. As, as far as he can stretch. The Bible says that, the, that God's arm span, his wingspan stretches from the east to the west. It's immeasurable. I love it because Samson literally stands in the middle of these two pillars, stretched wide, looking like somebody on a cross eons and eons before jesus ever came so when the author says that god spoke in many different ways in many different forms we can look in the old testament and i like i said this earlier but when you begin to read the bible look and see okay where do i see jesus at think about it this way you know whenever me and the the boys go out or the family goes out if i if i run into somebody that i haven't seen in years and they and they look at our boys you know they'll be like oh man Killing looks just like you, or, oh, you know, he looks just like his mom, or, you know, they, 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 can, they can look at our kids and see us. We should be able to do the same when we look into the Old Testament. Where do we see Jesus? Looking at Daniel. Hey, hey, look, reading the story of Daniel. Oh, there's Jesus. Because Jesus gets into the den of our darkness and shuts off the mouth of everything that devours us. Oh, wait, wait, looking at the story of Moses. Hey, there's, there's Jesus, because Jesus will literally make a way out of no way. He will cause, he will make a, a what does the Bible say? He will make a way in the midst of the wilderness. He, make a, he will make a path in the midst of the wilderness. There's Jesus, creating ways out of no way. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> in verse 2, the author says this. He says, but to us living in these last days, so before God spoke through the prophets and through the lives of the prophets, but now, in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son, the appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama of all things in all time. So God used to speak through his prophets. God used to speak through, the, in the Old Testament, he spoke through the prophets of Isaiah and Joel and Jeremiah and so many others. But now the author is saying, now God is speaking through one language, and that language is Jesus. That language is Jesus. uh, I'm reading in the mirror translation, verse 1, and then we'll go through verse 1, 2, and 3. But in verse 1, throughout ancient times, God spoke in many fragments and glimpses of prophetic thought to our fathers. Now this entire conversation has finally dawned in sonship. Suddenly what seemed to be an ancient language falls fresh and new like the dew on the tender grass. Jesus is the sum total of every utterance of God. He is whom the prophets pointed to. And we are his immediate audience. Verse 2. Listen to verse 2. literally says this. In sonship, God declares the incarnate word to be the heir of all things. He is, after all, the author of the ages. We have our beginning and our being in him. Amen? Amen? Literally, our beginning and our being. You know what that sounds like? Y'all know what it sounds like. It sounds like acts. It sounds like where the author says that we live, we move, we have our being in him. So in sonship, God declares the incarnate word to be the heir of all things. The incarnate word is Jesus. Jesus is the incarnation of God. Jesus is the incarnation of God. Lin, Lindsay, what does that mean? All of this is a big theological word. That means that if God wanted to come live in human form, he did in the form of Jesus. Amen. He did in the form of Jesus. It's like, you know, it's, you know, I, um, I watched this, uh, I heard this, uh, this, this dad recommendation a few weeks ago. Me and Kelsey was talking about it. But, you know, this one parent was talking about how, you know, whenever you speak to your kids that they're, if they're little, you want to squat down and get on their level. Otherwise, it just feels like you're towering down. It feels like you're just bashing and braiding, even though you can just be like, make sure you eat all your vegetables. If you're standing like that, it feels like, ah. So this dad was recommended to get down on their level. Look them in the eye, let them see, and let them see that they are just like you and you're just like them as you, you know, invite them to do something. And, you know, so I'm like, all right, you know, I don't want to do that all the time because sometimes I get off work and, you know, my knees are done. I was telling Drea earlier about, you know, th- you know, where I put the shell on the truck. You know, now I can't climb and, you know, if I get chased by a dog, now I can't hop in the bed of the truck and then light Spider Man into the window. She's like, you done that? I so, said, yeah, yeah. There's been a couple times, and I showed her a picture of this dog earlier that was looked like he'd been working out. I said, sometimes, you you know, you got to do what you got to do. But, you know, I was explaining all of that to be like, you know, so there's some days where I'm like, I don't, you know I, you know, I don't feel like having to squat down anymore. I've already squatted enough, picking up all these different things. And I'm like, so one day, I'm trying to tell the boys something, so I'm, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, all right, let me just get down on their level. And I get down on their level. I'm like, hey. And as I'm talking to them, I'm I'm watching their pupils grow. Like I'm looking at the pupils. It's just getting bigger and bigger with excitement and anticipation. Why? Because I'm on their level. And God was like, let's let's get down on their level. Let's let's live like they live. Let's walk. And the Bible says, we talked about this before, but when it says the word became flesh, that word flesh, it's the word sarts, S-A-R-X. And that word sarts means the weakest and frailest part of humanity. Last time I checked, you know, when you're trying to understand somebody, you ain't, you ain't trying to go through their worst moments of their life. When you're trying to spend time with them, when, you, when you're, you know, and you're like, you know, I need to spend time with so-and-so. You're not, you're not going with them when they're sick and got the flu. I'm going to spend time with you. You got the flu? I'm going to come over and spend time with you. Nah, you're, you're hey, let's catch up and go out to eat, you know, when you're feeling better. But God is like, no, 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 I, I want to experience all of who they are. I want to come and live the life that they can't. That way, through me, they can live. Amen. Amen. That's, that's, that's Jesus. This morning we're talking about Jesus and who he is and, and what he does and how he does. But ultimately, ultimately, that's who Jesus is. Jesus is God getting down on our level. Getting down on your level, living the life that we couldn't live so now we can live the life that he has lived for us. Amen. Amen. We live through him. We live through him. Verse two, in sonship, God declares the incarnate word to be the heir of all things. He is, after all, the author of the ages. We have our beginning and our being in him. So if he's the author of all ages, then every question we have should be sought in him. Every question we have. He's the author. The Bible says he's the author and finisher of our faith. If he is the author, then everything, then he knows all things. Everything you need is in him. Everything you seek is in him. As much as I love the Google search, Google has nothing on Jesus. Amen. Amen. As much as we love to call somebody, be like, hey, you know somebody that could da-da-da, that, listen, connections have nothing on Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate connection. Amen. 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 So verse 3 in the Passion Translation, and then we'll do the Mirror Translation. I know I keep going back and forth for you, Dre. I'm sorry. <laughs> Verse 3, the author says, The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. You know that? Can we break that down? I was I think the Lord revealed this to me as I was getting juice for the boys the other day, yesterday. But where it says that he is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. When you get up in the morning... What's the first thing you see? Do you see the, do you see the sunshine when you look outside? You know, if it's a, if it, if, you know, if it's not cloudy all day or if it's not a cloudy day, if you get up and the sun is rising, you know, we see the sun. Amen. Amen? Watch this. Do we see the sun or do we see the rays of the sun? We actually see the rays of the sun. But you can't see the rays without seeing the sun. And you can't see the sun without seeing the rays. Jesus. You can't see the father without seeing Jesus. But when you see Jesus, you see the father. That's why he told Philip, hey, you've been with me all this. time. Well, you, well, you think I'm making this stuff up? If, if it was me, I would, you think I'm making this stuff up? Bruh, I don't get this on my own. I'm paraphrasing. This is the Lindsay Mellon translation. He says, I, what I do, I don't do on my own, but I do because my, I've seen my father do it. So when the author says that he is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, he it's it's like that metaphor. He is the ray of the sun. When you see the rays, you see the sun, but you can't see the physical sun without seeing the rays. When you see, when you read in the scriptures and see Jesus, you are seeing the father. It's not a bad cop or a good cop. It's not two separate entities. It's not one person having to convince. It's not Jesus having to convince father to give to forgive us and have mercy upon us. No, God's heart is the same heart as Jesus. So therefore, if God, loves jesus he loves you if 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 god sees jesus as beloved then you are also seen as beloved you are also seen as beloved there is nothing that separates that and he says that jesus is the exact expression of god's true nature his mirror image jesus holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word when you, when you study that out, and we won't get too deep into it, but when you study it out, I've talked about this before, but literally it means that he is the molecule. He's, he's down to the very molecule that holds all things together, all things together, the pews that we sit on. He's the, 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 the very thread of the fabric. He, he holds it all together. He holds it all together. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. He accomplished for us, somebody say us, he accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins. I love that because it didn't say that. He accomplished, you know, he accomplished for us, you know, part of our sins being erased. He accomplished for us part of our guilt being done away with. No, it says he accomplished the complete, 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 complete. We, we had the blessed opportunity to pay a big bill off last week. We paid it, or two weeks ago, maybe three weeks—I don't know. But the the confirmation—they, you know, if you pay a bill off online, they'll give you the confirmation number. Of course, I'm writing it down. But here, my next thing was, all right, so I'm gonna give you my email address and my physical address. Okay, well, we just need one. No, 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 I want both. I want you to send the confirmation through the computer, but then I want it through the mail. Okay, Mr. Melton, we can do that. What's your address? I said, you are you ready? You got a pen? Gave him the gave the address doo-doo-doo. and the other day it came in the mail and Kelsey's like ah I didn't pay attention to it. you know what come in the mail and, and I don't know if you know this I shouldn't be telling this because as rural carriers we don't like. The fact that this is available, but you can go online and look and see what's coming in your mail, what's coming in your mailbox. We don't like it because sometimes if we mess up, then you know somebody call. Hey, some so and so was supposed to bring this. To me. I seen it on my on my phone. It shows it's supposed to come. Where's it at? You know. So then we got to dig in our cars. and go back to the office and then redeliver. It. But that's a, that's another story for another day. But I remember we're sitting at the table and Kelsey, like, Hey, such and such supposed to come in the mail today. I'm like, Wait, hold up. Flipping through. Even though I knew it was confirmed, I knew it was I knew it was a zero balance. I wanted to see it with my own eyes. And when I opened, when I I ripped that envelope and pulled it out and there was zero balance. I'm like, "Yes!" Zero balance when it comes to your sin. I know this is hard to believe, and I know the devil loves to make us feel like the opposite. But when it comes to all the guilt and shame, guess what? It has no place in your life because there is a zero balance when it comes to the sin on your life. When it comes to what what Jesus did for us, what he paid for us. You know the song, I mean, there's truth in the song. Jesus paid it all, and all to him I owe. Because sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Why he, he zeroed the balance. He zeroed it out. And the author says that because, uh, for us, literally, there is a complete cleansing of sins. And then, if that wasn't enough, then he took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand and the majestic one. Now, why, why, why couldn't he just let that, left it there and say, you know, he cleansed our, he did a complete cleansing of our sins. Why? Because it's like, it's like you know, back in the 90s where you had the infomercials. Wait, there's more. That's what I think when I read this, wait, there's more. Did he, he also he completed our he completely cleansed our sins. But wait, there's more. He now sits at the highest seat on the right side of heaven or the right side of God. So why, why is that important to us? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. So if he is sitting in a place of authority, you know what that means? You have authority in this world. Yes. Brother Norval Mazzoni used to tell us that all the time. We have authority in this world. The thoughts that come into your mind, you have authority over those. Right. You, are not a slave to the, you are not a slave to the ignorant devices, according to Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Paul says that we are no longer ignorant to the devices of sin, to the devices of Satan. You know what that means? It means that you are smart enough now that when the devil is doing what the devil does, you can recognize it and be like, oh, I, I see what you're doing. I see, no, no, mm-mm. I'm going to lean on Jesus. I'm going to seek my source through Jesus. I'm going to seek my strength through Jesus. I'm going to seek wisdom through Jesus. I'm going to seek connections through Jesus. I'm going to allow Jesus to connect me to the right people that he needs to connect me to. I'm going to allow Jesus to provide the money that he needs that I need. I'm going to allow Jesus to remind me. I'm a, In fact, I'm just going to look at Jesus and find strength. In fact, I'm just going to look at Jesus and receive hope. In fact, I'm going to look at Jesus. I'm going to gaze upon him and find about and remind myself how fascinating, fa- fascinating he is is or how captivating he is, I'm going to get lost in him. Why? Because I'm no longer ignorant to the devices. Why? Because as he is in heaven, so am I in this world. Better yet, as he is in heaven, so am I in Lexington, Tennessee. As he is in heaven, so am I at 227 Westmore Drive. As he is in heaven, so am I at every post office that I work at. As he is in heaven, so am I when I walk in Walmart. As he is in heaven, so am I when I'm pumping gas into my car. As he is in heaven, so are you when you walk into the electric system. As he is in heaven so are you when you walk into the water system as he is in heaven so are you when you walk into every space that you walk into enter into every home that you walk into enter into every building there is no there's nowhere safe nowhere safe from you operating into the authority that Jesus has given you no place is safe there's no shadow that he won't light up mountain he won't climb out or climb up no place is safe from the authority that you get to walk into if you choose to walk into it. Amen? Amen. If you choose to. And it's, it's hard. It is hard. There are days where, I've, where I'm like, yeah, got authority. You are my champion. Giants fall. And I'm like, yes, the giant slayer lives in me, lives through me. And then there's some days where I'm like, Lord. <sighs> 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 But the life of following Jesus isn't, it's not meant to be up and down. It's just meant to be a steady pace. It's meant to be a steady pace. Pastor Michael Todd, one of my favorite, one of my favorite sermons, I think it's probably the first sermon I ever heard him. Heard it was in 2016, 2017. Let's see, yeah, 2017, January 2017. And he talked about the pace of faith. I don't know, I encourage you to go. It's my favorite. I think, me personally, it's the best one he's ever spoke about, just because it, it was me. It's literally like the Lord gave him my journal, and he preached all, all and, and it felt like I was in the room. I'm watching on my screen. I still have, it's the phone we used to play, the little music that we had. I remember watching on my screen and thinking, God, that is me. But he talks about how the pace of faith, it's so easy for us to be tempted to run after God. Yeah, I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. Lord, I'm running and trying to make a hundred because 99 and a half won't do. We love to run for God. But, you know, when it comes to following Jesus, we're not we're not we're not called to or, or it was either pace of faith or striding. But um, we're not we're not always called to sprint for God. We're not called to sprint for God. We're called to stride. We're called to be at a steady pace, a consistent pace. You know, as a kid growing up, they used to tell us the story the you know, slow and steady wins the race. And, you know, as a kid, we'd be like, what? There's no, it's all about coming first. But really, you know, retrospect, finishing is first. Because in this day and age, there are a lot of people that don't finish. That's right. There are a lot of people that fall by the wayside. When it comes to the, when it comes to the race of faith, I'm pretty sure we can all think of people, we can all sit back and think of people that, you know, started out good, running good, running hard, serving hard, but now are on the wayside. Now aren't even in the same arena. Now I've left the faith. Jesus. <clears throat> But Jesus, because he is sitting at the right hand and the majestic one, we, too, get to sit there. We, too, are seated there. In verse 3, in the, in the mirror study Bible, it says it this way. Jesus is the crescendo of God's conversation. He is the crescendo of God's conversation. What that literally means is, you know, when a music, in music, when it swells, when it gets, when it goes from, you know, ah, that's a crescendo. The Bible says that Jesus is that to what God has to say. He brings the dynamic to what God has to say. He gives context and content to the authentic thought. So if you wonder what is God thinking, you look at Jesus. How does, how does God feel about a certain group of people? You look at Jesus. Jesus stopped everything. To turn around, we watch this episode, The Chosen. I know I keep promoting it, but you know what? I don't get paid for it, and that's okay. If they want to sponsor me, they can. If they want to, they want to put gas in my mail car. Hey, I'll take it. You know what I'm saying, but I, I just I love The Chosen. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just because, uh, you know, it's, people are like, well, it's not accurate. Da, da, da. I don't care about that. The reason I love it is because when it's over, you know what? The first thing I do, I pull out my phone and open up up the Bible app. I love Marvel. Marvel don't make, when Marvel's over, it don't make me want to pull up my Bible app and start reading it. I love basketball. Lord, I love me some Steph Curry. I love watching some Michael Jordan highlights. But when I get done with those things, they don't make me want to open up my Bible app. But when I watch The Chosen, it makes me want to open up my Bible app, not because I'm trying to see where they got it right, but because I'm like, Lord, that really happened? Oh, snap. I didn't, I, I didn't see that. Lord, that, that's a different side of you I didn't see before. Lord I can, I can relate to that. Je- Jesus, you're like know me. Jesus, you you really did know what we go through and I love I love that feeling and you know this last episode that we all watched together we you know we I think we created something good. We say we created something good, but we got mom in on it and mom, But well, there's one night mom's like, hey uh, what are we going to watch? what are we gonna watch? I know what I want to watch the chosen. If I'm waiting on y'all, you know let's go, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. And I'm like, all right. Go ahead. We, you know, let's sit And we watched it. And I, I've I've heard the story of the of the woman with the issue of blood. And I've read it before. And, you know, I've heard it and we've all heard it before. But I never thought about how because of her issue, she was not allowed into society. In fact, every time she came into society and people saw that they instantly they would they would they would embarrass her. And they would curse her and cast her out. And then whoever was near her had to go and cleanse themselves for seven days before they can enter into society. And in this episode, I mean they are berating her, like, how how dare you walk? How dare you be here? Oh my God, now I gotta, you know, now I gotta go cleanse myself. Now I have to stop what I'm doing. And they would call her out. And when she saw Jesus, like she 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 believed in this, she believed in this old superstition that if she can just touch him. So watch this, she believed in a she was applying a pagan superstition to a messianic God. And most people, you know, like, well, you can't mix, you can't mix these two different things. But when it comes to Jesus, Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't worried about all the superstitions. Jesus isn't worried about if you eat this particular thing on the beginning of the year. Jesus is looking at this right here. He's not looking at the hands and feet, he's looking at the heart. And I loved it because when you watch the episode, she had had enough. She didn't care. She she's like, look, y'all, y'all can cast me out of town as many times as you want. I am done. You ever been like that before? And that's the approach that she took to Jesus. I am done. You are my last hope. You are. That's the approach that she came with. Jesus. She didn't come. She didn't come to Jesus with the approach of, you know, I have it all together. You know, I'm, you know, I'm struggling, but I'm just going to keep a brave face. No, she came to him with all that she had. And in the show, it shows that she touched him, and instantly she was healed. But I loved it because they even had the music. They scored the music just right. When she touched him, everything stopped. And he's like, he stops everything. And what's crazy is in that show, we never see, we never see him have, like, godlike powers. But in that moment, everybody stops. His hands are stretched out. <laughs> Most people didn't catch it, but I caught it. I'm like, ooh, the great I am has his hands stretched out, and everybody stopped. Symbolic of when he stretches his arms wide on the cross, the, the price of sin stops. Amen. All of it stopped, and it stopped and literally said, power is gone from me. Who touched me? And everybody's like, we're in a crowd full of people. Even Peter, this is another way I can relate to Peter. Peter's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could have been as nice as Peter or Peter's like, uh, Master, you know, we're in a crowd full of people. Everybody's touching you. You know, he's like, everybody's touching you. Me, I've been like, Jesus, come on, Jesus. Now, I, I, I believe you, God, so you can see everybody. I would do I would a step further. Jesus, you're God. You know the answer. Tell us who touched you. But he he, he, is, he, he stops and he's like, power went from me. Why? Because somebody came to me in a honest format. Somebody came to me with firm persuasion, believing that I am the great I am. And that's what moved him. Faith, not legalism, not procedure, not performance, not what we bring to the table, but faith. Her firm persuasion in him being who he said he is. And guess what? Church, We got to be the same way, believing that, you know what, Lord, you are who you say you are. Whether it's twenty thousand people or twenty people or five people, believe that he is who he said he is. Yes. You know, when we was practicing this morning, I physically I didn't feel like singing. Come and behold him, isn't he fascinating? You know, when we was singing in practice, I was just come and behold. I was just trying to get, uh, trying to get through the set, trying to get through the track. And we're praying with the team. We started that back up. Hallelujah! Pray that we keep it going. Praying, and as worship starts, you know I'm you know trying to I'm. I'm Trying to move past my flesh, trying to move past my flesh, trying to close my eyes. Lord, let me just press in. Let me just press in. The whole earth sings, whole earth sings. You are holy, and I'm like, man, he, Lord, You really are holy. You are holy, Lord, man. You, there's nobody like You. Whole earth sings Your praise, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to sing praise to anybody else. And by and by the end of it, like weep or right out, Lord, I'm giving You my best, Lord you are mighty and I wish the track was longer because I keep I keep on going you are faithful you are faithful the whole world sings your praise this man right here sings your praise I encourage you when you're in your car change the words and and get personal get personal because you're not in the church trying to encourage everybody else. it's just you and Papa in the car Lindsay Melton sings your praise. Jesus, Lord, I sing your praise. We pour, I will ride my best for you. I will ride my best for you. As I'm driving yesterday, putting letters in the box. I will ride my best for you. I will ride my best for you. I was telling Sister Renee earlier, you know, I did that deep dive of commission. Uh, the band commission, and it's to the point now when I'm on my route and I get to a certain song, especially the "Heart of Mine," I'm sobbing. I'm like, "Heart of Mine," got the scanner, um, running back to you, and I'm like, Lord the day, these these neighbors and all these people," them like, you know, they're probably gonna call the post office. Is that Carrie okay? He was crying, he was crying and smiling, and I, you know, I just want to check on his heart, make sure he, <laughs> make sure everything's at okay on his home. You know, on this new route, you know, I don't, I'm not like the old route where I got all the cows and the chickens and all that. And they, you know, they get to see me worship, and they probably, woo, worshiping too. <laughs> on this one, ain't no farms. There's only one. So now I'm just around, you know, citizens and, you know, civilians. But I'm just waiting on that call. I'm waiting to get pulled to the office. Lindsay, is everything okay? You know, customers say they saw you crying. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm, j- I'm just praising. Just praising Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, I-, I didn't know you cried when you praise Jesus. Well, when I think about how good he's been to me. It gets overwhelming when I think about all the times that I've went to the hospital and I should not be here. But you know what? But God, it gets overwhelming. When I think about how He has made a way out of no way more times than I can count, it gets overwhelming. When I think about what I have compared to what most people don't have, it, it gets overwhelming. When I think about how I'm still on this earth and I still have both my parents, it gets overwhelming. When I when I think about how I still have a grandparent, it gets overwhelming. When I think about how I still have a sibling, it gets overwhelming. When I think about how I still have children that love me, that cry for me, that scream for me, that want to play with me, that want to rather, it gets overwhelming. When I think about how how I. Do, I Three years ago, I only had one vehicle, but three years now, I have three vehicles. It gets overwhelming. When I think about there's people on this earth that don't have a job, but I got a good job. It gets overwhelming. When I think about how I got people that love me and want to pray for me and want to help me, and I don't want to use them, but I still allow them. It gets overwhelming to the point that I just cry and I just say, Lord, you are holy. Lord, you are mighty. I give you all my praise. I give you all my word. I give you all my attention Jesus I worship you Jesus you are my way maker Jesus, you are the love of my life. Jesus, you are the strength in my life. Jesus, you are the rock and the firm foundation. You are the bright and morning star. You are the rose of Sharon. You are the one that goes before me and behind me and all sides of me. You are the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the lamb that was slain for all the sins of the world. You are the lamb that can open up the Scroll according to Revelation chapter 5. You are my all in all, Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the ray to the sun. Lord Jesus, I can't see the Father without seeing you. And I can't see the I can't see you without seeing the Father. He is the bright and morning star. He is the expression of God. He is the expression of God. And we just like the woman at the well, we get to be like, or not the woman, at the well, like her, but also the, the woman with the issue blood. We get to take our issues. We get to take our issues. Lindsay, you don't know I got issues. I know you got issues. You got tissue in your house, then you got issues, all right? He says, you pastor, if you got tissues, you got issues. You don't buy tissue unless you got issues, you know. <laughs> That's a, let that marinate. But we get to take our issues to him, and he dries them up. He dries them up. He drives up, and I love it in this episode. I don't know if it happened like that, but I love in the episode after the miracle had happened. He, he left two of his disciples with her, and he said, make sure nothing happens to her. You, and and, and well, what would have happened to her? The wrong people would have came with a religious mindset and, say, and, and tried to convince her out of what God had done. So many times the devil loves when the the Lord gives us something, when the Lord moves like in a service like this this morning or when the Lord does something on our behalf. And when we just have that encounter to the point that we're just overwhelmed instantly, the devil wants to come and make you feel like it didn't happen. Make it feel like you was just in your head. Make it, man, you, you, you know, you, you just, you know, that was just a pizza dream or, you know, you had something, you had something funky to eat and that's what, that's all it is. The devil loves to make you feel, he, he wants to convince you the same thing that he convinced Adam and Eve, which is you do not have what you really do have. You don't have God like, like you really do. Well, guess what, church? Yeah, you got God. You got him so much that you were made in his image. You have him so much that he has wiped away every ounce of sin on your life. You have him so much that, guess what? Every day is a new day full of mercy and full of grace. And when the night is over, the next day comes again. Guess what? The meter starts all over again. New mercy and new grace. New mercy and new grace. That's How How, how, how do you know I have God? How do you know you have God? It starts all over again. New mercy and new grace. You bear the image of God. You bear the image of Jesus. You are image bearers. Adam and Eve, before they, before they believed a lie, they were bearing the image of God. Yes. Literally, the Bible says, Genesis 1, 2, and says, we create we we create man in our image. It didn't say we're going to create man in a part of our image. He's going to kind of look like us. No, mankind will look just like us. Right. When He created us, He was looking at Himself, and Jesus has redeemed you to bear the image of God. That's why the devil loves to make you feel like you don't have a line to say. He loves to make you feel like you 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 know, well, I I just got to do this thing on my own, or I you know, if I didn't have this person in my ear, then I could really da da da. No, you just need Jesus. At the end of the day, you just need Jesus. You just need to look onto the hill from whence your help comes from. You need to look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. You know, it was cold this morning, but I loved looking at the sunrise. It was cold yesterday morning, but I loved looking at the sunrise. And I'm looking at the sun, and I'm thinking, wait, I can't see the sun. I can see the expression of the sun. I can't see the actual, if I were to look at the sun, my eyes would go blind. But I can look at the rest of the sky and see that the sun is rising. I don't know what's going on in your life. You may not be able to see Jesus at times, but still you can look at your life. You know, what? my heart's still beating. Yeah, Jesus, you're still working. Roof over my head, Jesus, you're still working. Blood in my veins, Jesus, you're still working. Food in the fridge or a way to go get food if I don't have food in the fridge. Jesus, you know, you're still working. The ability to cook if I want to cook. Yeah, Jesus, you're still working. The ability to order the DoorDash or to put it in the microwave. Yeah, Jesus, you're still working. Lindsay, these are practical things. But guess what? In the the practicality, we should still be able to know and trust and have faith that Jesus is who he said he is. Amen? In the everyday Uh, Things of your life, you should be able to look at those just like when we look in the Old Testament and see examples of Jesus. We should be able to look at our life and say, there you are, stretch wide for me. There you are, Jesus, stretch wide for me. And in verse 3, the mirror translation said, he is the radiant and flawless expression of the person and intent of God. He mirrors God's character and exhibits his every attribute in human form. He is the voice of God announcing our redeemed innocence. By his own doing, he accomplished purification for sins and sat down enthroned in the boundless measure of his majesty in the right and uh, in the right, in the right hand of God as executive authority, the force of the universe. Mm. Listen to this. The force of the universe upholding everything that exists. Upholding the wine used to have a song, uphold me with your right spirit. Whatever you do, Lord, don't take your joy from me. Bon, bon, bon. Appoint me, anoint me, choose me, I refuse it. I mean, hey, y'all getting y'all getting to see what it's like on my route. I mean, I go, I go, I deep dive and I I make it personal. Whatever you do, Lord, don't take your joy from me. But it says he upholds the universe. You know what that means. That means that if he were to remove himself, all of it will fall away. In fact, Jesus, the Bible says that, that his word is so true. His word is so true that if he were to lie, that heaven and earth would pass away. And the fact that all these things are still here means That he is 100% true. He has the power to uphold you. He has the power to uphold you. So therefore, if you were to rest in him, if you were to lean into him, we used to sing the song, leaning on his everlasting arms. If you were to truly lean on his everlasting arms, guess what? He would uphold you. He would uphold you. It says that he upholds everything that exists. Everything that exists. So the, the trees outside are being held together by Jesus. The gravel in the parking lot being upheld by Jesus. The seats that we're sitting on, the molecules that hold liquids together, that holds medicine together. He is the very thing within medicine. He is, he is the very wood that, that he is the very beams that keeps this roof up. He is the very air that comes through the ACU. He is the very. He's the very fabric that holds your coats and your cardigans together. He is everything. He is upholding everything. And I'll be honest, that sounds like a busy job. Upholding everything. Let's think about that everything. But guess what? It's no sweat for him. It's no sweat for him. He is upholding everything that exists. His voice is the dynamic that sustains the entire cosmos. You know what that means, cosmos? It means all of space and time. The voice of Jesus upholding all of space and time. Is there any more to that? I couldn't remember if it was two-part or not. Oh, okay. Upholding the very entire cosmos. The commentary for this is literally says, Having accomplished purification of sins, Jesus sat down. His throne is the very authority and proof of mankind's redeemed innocence. So the fact that he is sitting in heaven is proof that you have been redeemed. It's proof that you've been redeemed. It's proof that it is proof that what the devil has to say about you is a lie. It's the it's proof that whatever what everybody else had to say about you is, is null and void. It has nothing it's what's well, proof. Him sitting at the throne is proof that everything that you've been through, if it is apart from Jesus, it has no strength, it has no merit, it has no voice. But if it points you to Jesus, it's worth considering. Amen. It's worth considering. My goal today was nothing more just to point us to Jesus, just to show us Jesus, just to remind us that Jesus is the one that is holding us all together. Holding us all together. And that's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's captivating. It, it, David was so fascinated and captivated by it that the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. He was, known after, he was known as a man after God's own heart. Yeah, David slayed Goliath. Yeah, David fought armies. He defeated armies. He ate the show bread, the communion bread when he wasn't supposed to. He, he did all these different things, but ultimately he was known as a man that was after God's own heart. So therefore, at some point in David's life, he had to behold the lamb. He had to gaze upon Jesus. He might have, he may might not have known that Jesus was Jesus, but he knew, hey, that that's the Lord. I I, I can't see the sun, but I I see the rays. I I feel I feel His embrace. You know, there. Yeah, you know, I remember when we lived in in Florida. There's one time, and uh, there's one time I you know I had this bright idea. You know, I'm a, you know I'm gonna get up and do early morning prayer, but I'm gonna go to the beach because we lived like you know 10 minutes from it, and you know with no traffic that early in the morning, you know. It was, you know, was a straight shot, da da I get there, you know, and the sun's kind of rising. It's, you know, just barely above the, the coastline that you can see, and I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, it's just like, it's just like in the pictures. I remember, I think uh, uh, we used to have this picture uh, when we lived in the double water. It was either us or Granny, but there was this picture with the sunrise over the ocean, and it had like this little scripture over it. It was one of the home interior pictures. I can't remember where it was, but when I'm at the beach, I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, this is like the picture. I'm gonna pray I'm going to pray so I'm walking along the shores and I'm just like I'm just praying I'm going in and, and I'm like man I'm, I'm just feeling it I feel it and uh, you know when you're walking them on the on the sand you don't want to walk in your shoes because then you're gonna get the sand in your shoes so I have my on. I'm just walking I'm praying that there's nobody else out there and the shore be, uh, the water begins to come up to my feet and boy I came out of the spirit real quick I was like <laughs> Jesus, that ain't you, Jesus. Let me, let me get back. Listen, I, I was so moved that I got all the way back to the forerunner and decided just to pray in the forerunner. We're just going to uh, clean my field. We're just going to pray right here with the heat on. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so good. Jesus, I, I just worship you. Oh, Jesus, I learned my lesson then. Like, Okay, if I go to the beach to pray, make sure it is uh, it is around lunchtime or later when the sun is fully up. Now, when I can see the little rays, now I need the full, the full spectrum of the sun shining down, heating up the water and the sand. I just I can't have the rays. But with Jesus, Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is more than enough. And and we'll close with that. But Jesus is more than enough. And there are times in your life you've probably experienced them now or you will experience them where it feels like, Lord, I just need more. I just need more. And Jesus, the fact that, remind yourself this, the fact that he is sitting at the right hand of the Father is proof that you have all that you need. The fact that he is sitting, Lindsay, what does that mean? It means that he's finished. It means he's done. You know, whenever you cook a meal, you know, for the family, what do you do? You go sit down. Why? Because you're done. There's nothing left. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's done. Everything we need is found in Him. It's found in Him. And what happens? What happens? In, in order to find things in Him, you have to seek Him. And what happens when we seek Him? When you seek Him, you're gonna you're gonna become fascinated with Him. You're gonna you're, uh, you know we sang it earlier, and I and I heard every voice in the room. It sounded so good. But when you know when you seek Him, there's and you become fascinated with Him. You're gonna you're gonna feel yourselves being swept away. I loved it because I heard every voice, sweep me away. And you know what? It's not that he's sweeping you away for, to, to, to cause you to escape. And then you got to return back to the, to the muck and miry clay of your life. No, but that is that what he's sweeping you away. He's sweeping you away from all the, all the facades, all the things that aren't true. All the lies that you may believe about yourself or about others or about your abilities or about what you think, you know, everything that is opposite of him. That's what he's sweeping away. And as we become more fascinated with him, as we become more captivated with him, we'll have no problem singing his praises when we're at work. To the point, and I'm not saying you got to cry. Crying's not for everybody. It just, for some reason, for me, it gets overwhelmed to the point I'm just... Literally putting letters in the box. Well, there was one sack of letters. I literally had to wipe on my pants. I'm just sobbing, sobbing in the glory of God. And I'm like, man, this is probably somebody's bill, Jesus. And I'm putting it in their clothes. And I'm like, and I'm driving. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how I got this job, but thank you, Lord. I'm t- and Lord, I'm tired, but Lord, thank you. You know, Lord. In fact, hey, Lord, my back is sore. Lord, I thank you. Your back was, your back was bruised, so mine could be healed. So right now, as it is in heaven, be in my back right now. And it was an instantaneous thing, but I remember towards well, I get to one house. This probably maybe an hour later, one house. I'm picking up this package, and it was nothing. And I get back in the truck, and I'm, I'm like, Lord, <laughs> you did it, Jesus. That's why I did. You did it, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. They're driving on. That's the type of fellowship he wants from you. That's the type of fellowship he wants from you. To where it's effortlessly. It's effortless where you're just talking to him. And you're not even thinking about it. You're not, you're not trying to be prim and proper. You're not trying to, you know, call, uh, spark something. You're just, you're just talking to him, Lord. And you're cooking a long, cooking along, Star Lord. Man, Jesus, thank you for this food. Thank you for this. Well, thank you for put it, for giving the ministry this so I could go and get it and then provide it for the community or Lord thank you that Walmart had it this time Jesus you know whatever, whatever just make just begin to fellowship with him the more you do it the more it's going to come natural to the point that you won't even think about it and somebody's like who are you talking to I'm, I'm talking to Papa who I'm talking to, I'm talking to Jesus oh, why are you talking to Jesus why not? Why, why not talk to him? Because he, he's, he don't, why are you talking to Jesus? Because he doesn't treat me like everybody else. He, he, he sits closer to me than any sibling I've ever had, or he sits closer to me than any best friend. He, 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 he was in heaven. He had a good and he decided, you know what? It's, we, we desire for Lindsay to be in union with us again. And therefore in John chapter one, verse four, it said, he became flesh, the weakest part of humanity and lived my type of life. I remember, I remember when I discovered in, in Bible college, when they talked about Jesus hanging on the cross, and they talked about the reason that they had them hang on the cross was because in that particular degree that they hung on, like, it would crush their lungs to where they struggled to breathe. Now, m- most people would be like, well, yeah, darling, Lindsay struggled to breathe. So wait a minute, Jesus, you, you tried to take a breath, but you, 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 you would struggle. Therefore, there was congestion in your lungs to the point that your lungs would get influenza, was the influenza would get, you know, uh, I can't even think of the right type of term, but ultimately the same, the same way an asthmatic person struggles to breathe Jesus went through that at the cross I don't know about you but for me with my medical history I'm like oh Jesus you know what it's like to be just like me you know what it's like when when a person I mean you can trace every medical every medical dysfunction you could trace it back to what he endured on the cross And I'm like, Lord, you know what it's like to struggle to breathe. You know what it's like to get winded. You know what it's like to have a dislocated knee or leg. I mean, the Bible says they broke his. You know what it's like. He knows what it's like to have a swollen leg. He knows what it's like to have our, I mean, there was nails driven into his hands. Church, Lindsay, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is get into your word. Get into your prayer time and dig and seek Jesus. Seek to the point that you see yourself and you're like, oh, everything I'm going through, you went through at the cross. You really do know what it's like to live my life. Oh, Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, I yield to you. Lord, I I give my all to you, Jesus. All my praise. The whole earth, not just the whole earth, but this individual gives all of his praise to you, Jesus. Why? Because you know what it's like to be me. You really do. And the fact that you sit at the right hand of the Father means that it is finished. And if you're healed, I'm healed. If you're delivered, I'm delivered. If you're free, I'm free. And guess what? Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I remember being in college, and, and, when, that, and when finally that revelation clicked, oh, Jesus, <laughs> you had to endure some asthmatic uh, symptoms while you was on that cross. Wow, Lord. You were thinking of me, weren't you? And, you know, some, some religious people be like, that's pretty self-centered. No, it's not, because it points me back to Jesus and how good he is. Because it doesn't put the focus on me. It makes me want to run to him harder. It makes me want to grip. It makes the, the, the firm grip I already have on him. It makes me want to just grip tighter and say, okay, Lord, I'm trusting and believing. You've already been through this part of my life. You've already delivered me from this right here. So I trust in and believing that you're going to carry me through the rest. Amen? Amen. Trust and believe that he's going to carry you through the rest. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you so much, Jesus.